In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week, Jesus told us to hang millstones around the necks of those who cause little ones who believe in him to sin, and then throw them into the sea. And that if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And likewise with those sin-causing feet and eyes, pluck them out. But I don't see any recently maimed or blind in the church today. And so thank goodness no one took Jesus at his word. Today we're in Judea with Jesus, beyond the Jordan. And Jesus is teaching the crowds and he's teaching us again. This Sunday, he's hitting closer to home. Love, marriage, and faithfulness. Today, are we to take Jesus at his word? Did you notice that in Jesus' discussion of marriage and divorce with the Pharisees, he never mentions love? Jesus never mentions love in connection with marriage. He tells us to love our neighbors and to love our enemies, but he never commands us to love our wives or our husbands. They are our neighbors, of course, but love and marriage don't occur together in what Jesus says about marriage. Nor do they occur in Genesis in that first perfect marriage gone south, the one between Adam and Eve in paradise. It is St. Paul who speaks of love and marriage together. And when it comes to love, it's all about the husbands. Paul never tells wives to love their husbands. Here's what he says. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And then he says, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. For he who loves his wife loves himself. And finally he says, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Maybe the way wives love their husbands is by respecting them. Love does occur in the marriage vows. Husband and wife are asked if they love one another. And both say, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and health, to love and to cherish. But we are told that it is for as long as you both shall live, not for as long as you both shall love. Love, marriage, and faithfulness go together, should go together. But is love the main thing in marriage? When it comes to God, love is his number one attribute, not justice, love. Love is also translated charity, as in faith, 
hope, and charity, these three. And charity is mercy, and mercy is love. The two great commandments are all about love. Love God, love neighbor. And loving your neighbor starts at home with your wife and husband or those children Jesus suffered to come unto him. Even unborn children, especially unborn children. Now here's the problem with the Pharisees. And it may be the problem with us. We see marriage in terms of the law and not as a gift. To be even more theological, we see marriage as a matter of the will and not as a matter of being. Marriage is not a human institution if we take Jesus at his word. Marriage is a God institution, for Jesus says, What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. That's the climax of the marriage rite. When the pastor wraps his stole around the couple's hands and proclaims those very words of Jesus. Marriage is the way of the gospel. From the beginning, says Jesus, God created them male and female. Now why does Jesus say this? Because the creation of man and woman was the crown of God's creation. They were created in his very image. Adam is created out of the dust and Eve out of Adam. So that Adam would say of Eve, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Eve shared exactly the same flesh as Adam and then Adam and Eve become one flesh and you have marriage. You have being. Not a contract to be annulled by man through a certificate of divorce as Moses allowed as the Pharisees argued. The way of the gospel is to see man and woman equally flesh, equally soul, not interchangeable, distinct roles, distinct functions, distinct vocations, but one flesh. The way of the gospel is to see that marriage makes us one, a unity that is as real as the union of God and man in the flesh of Jesus Christ. For marriage is the creative act of a loving God. God the Creator makes man and woman into a new creation, into a living fellowship that serves as an icon of love for His people, for His church, embodied in Christ, the, the Jesus who shows love sacrificially by giving up His life for His people to make them new, to call them to a new identity, a new vocation, in a new creation. In Christ we see love, dying and bleeding love, cleansing and restoring love, love that makes us whole, love that makes us well, love that makes us one. Husbands, Love your wives as Christ loved the church 
and gave himself up for her. In marriage, there is this internal and intimate relation established between man and woman because it's the same internal and intimate relation within the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The same internal and intimate relation between Christ and His body, the church. In every case, in marriage, in the Holy Trinity, in Christ's relationship with His church, it's not about power or authority or subordination. It's about God's life-giving love. When the people of Israel started loving other gods besides the true God, it was called adultery. Divorce is a sign of great brokenness, that the way of the gospel has been trampled upon by our unfaithfulness, by our sin, by our unwillingness to bear one another's burdens in love. Yes, sometimes divorce is permissible when our brokenness makes it impossible to live together as husband and wife, as even Jesus says in Matthew. But when divorce enters the picture, it's always the way of the law. And the result is for Jesus, no different than Israel's adulterous pursuit of other gods besides him. The way of the law is always hard on our ears. And we all recoil, every one of us, when we hear these words of Jesus. Even Jesus knew how hard these words were to hear. And so somebody brings children to him so that he can touch them. You know why they bring children? Because they cannot bear to hear about divorce and adultery anymore. And those disciples, forever dull, they don't get that children are the way of the gospel. They rebuked those who brought them to Jesus. And that doesn't stop Jesus. Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. And so Jesus touches them, takes them into his arms, blesses them by laying his hands on them. To such belong the kingdom of God. Why? Why children? A child comes with nothing but humble, simple trust. Childlike faith, we call it. This is at the heart of our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with our wives and husbands and children, with our neighbor. God's creation of us as male and female his new creation of us in the suffering, death, and resurrection of his son, Jesus, his creation of our marriages and our families, these are all acts of grace and mercy and love. How can we know this 
apart from trust. The simple trust of a child. That's love. That's taking Jesus at his word. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.